Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton, your host, joined by Ian Boyd of Inside Texas. Uh, Ian, uh, you had an article this past week that was actually the genesis uh, out of one of our conversations on Sunday that I thought was really good. Um, you took some questions from uh, the uh, uh, comments that we had on this video, on our previous Sunday video, as well as asking the, the fans on InsideTexas.com some questions that they wanted answered. And I thought you did a really good job of articulating those answers. I want to get a little bit further into those things right now with you. Uh, speaking with Ian Boyd of InsideTexas.com. Ian, first of all, the first question came to you. How does Texas get better this year on third down? Last year, too many third and sevens, too many third and tens were a problem for the Longhorn. Yeah, I think I boiled it down to um, weak side pass rush and communication and tighter coverage in the middle of the field with the linebackers and the safeties. Last year they had a new coverage, which helped them a lot over the course of the year. What was but that new coverage? What was that new coverage? It was a it was a new match quarters coverage that, that Gary Patterson brought. It's basically what they've done at TCU the last several years. Um, too high coverage, but more aggressive than the way Texas have been playing it in 2021. 2021, you know, you'd see everybody backpedaling a lot. And um, and 2022, not so much. You know, tighter at cornerback for the most part. Jamison would still play off, but in the boundary, they were much tighter. And the safeties would play flat-footed, read the play, play downhill, instead of just backpedaling out of the picture. Um, so, yeah, new coverage, new approach that really helped them. But they had a lot of miscues in trading routes. Like a guy enters maybe Jalen Ford's zone of responsibility. Jalen Ford picks him up, then prepares to pass him off to perhaps DeMarvion Overshone's zone of responsibility. Maybe Overshone was there. Maybe Overshone was covering something else that he thought he needed to cover. Um, they had a lot of different miscues, especially early in the year, and especially early in the year when they would blitz. Because when they would blitz, they'd make the assignments more complicated and more, you know, there's more on everybody's plate and coverage if you send some guys after the quarterback. So they had, I would say, a lot of problems early in the year with that. And uh, later in the year, they got better, but then they still had problems with just lacking base pass rush and uh, having to try to adjust for that. That's interesting. You mentioned uh, that that uh, lack of a pass rush. Ovia Gufu, who is now gone, he's at LSU, a uh, grad transfer from Texas, he only had one and a half sack all year long. That is one of the ways you think Texas can improve this year, correct? Getting more pressure on the quarterback, not only from the inside where they had some success last year, but also improving on the outside. Absolutely. I mean, that's one and a half sacks, that's the position that's like your premier pass rusher, and they just didn't really get it from that spot. That. It's it's bizarre, frankly. I don't think he was even that bad of a pass rusher. And they would get – quarterbacks would get flushed from the middle pressure that you were alluding to earlier, but they just couldn't finish those plays. I don't know exactly – you know, I, they're, they're hoping that Ethan Burke is an answer there. They have a lot of guys that could be an answer there. I don't know exactly how much better it'll be this season, but I do think it will be better from that spot. And then I think Ferenc Terrell will be better. The defensive tackles will be better. The linebackers will be that much better at blitzing. 
the linebackers will be that much better at covering with the other linebackers blitzing and so on. The so second, I, I think yeah, year, year two in the system, year two with most of the same players, it should continue to get better. Well, this is actually year three, but you're saying year two in the same type of system with the match quarters coverage, right? Yeah, and then year three with Kwiatkowski stuff up front. Yeah, and so this is this is interesting. The next question that the, the community posed to you that I thought was another really uh, perceptive question. Um, in 2021, Texas gave up 31.1 points per game. In 2022, they went down to 21.6. That's nine and a half points per game. That is clearly a lot of improvement year over year, without question. They were also in 2021, they were 50th ranked in the advanced stat metric for defense nationally. They moved all the way up to 11 in 2022. Okay, that's that's great improvement. Texas did a lot of little things right. Incremental value is what the question was about. What are the things that they did that were incremental value? And what are the things that they can do again this year that you maybe think they may not beat that points per game, but they can become a better overall defense still? Yeah, I think um, even though we just talked about how they had problems trading receivers off, they did a lot better at denying like a quarterback's first read. Everyone knew their assignment. They would deny easy, easy throws take those away, force receiver to work his way open or for a quarterback to get to his second read. Um, the safeties were more involved. They, I mean, they made both schematic improvements that helped their defense have a clearer identity, but then everyone got a little bit better. Um, the defensive line got a little bit better. Jalen Ford and DeMarvion Overshone. Those guys probably each made a dozen incremental improvements in a few different regards that added up to a lot for those two guys individually. For other spots like uh, Edge, I think Gofu and, and Sorrell probably made, went from being, you know, a little bit hesitant or unsure in some of their run fits to being confident and consistently hitting the right spots, which made the whole run defense better. I think uh, what the, the question originally they wanted me to talk about next year, which I, I did a little bit in the end of the answer, the defense had, I think every position group got a little bit better and had a little more clear role. I think next year where you could see that is the offensive line and the quarterback in particular. Um, you know, if Ewer's footwork is a little bit cleaner, then how many more incomplete passes turn to successful completions to like a wide open Whittington underneath or a wide open running back in the, in the flat. Um, if the offensive line is a little bit cleaner on their combo blocks, maybe you don't need Bijan Robinson to make a guy miss in the backfield. Maybe you can just uh, make it happen by blocking the play and getting your running back to the next level. Um, there's a, there's a, a number of things like that. Pass protection would be another one. Yeah. I, I'm looking, I'm sitting here looking at this and then, uh, moving to the offense, and you talked a little bit about the incremental improvement the offense can make, but one of the, the other pieces that you said is they have to improve on the interior of the offensive line, guard, center, guard, and not give up so much quick inside pressure. That was a problem last year, in your opinion? Yeah, I mean, I, it was, you know, it may, it may be a more evident problem next year, even though they're better at it because Sark and Flood would 
very carefully avoid situations where that weakness would be on display. But you would see it and against Texas Tech, they needed to throw the ball and they had trouble keeping those quick, low to the ground Texas Tech defensive tackles out of Quinn Ewer's face. They had major problems with that at Oklahoma State. Um, sometimes it wasn't even obvious. Quinn, although he wouldn't execute the play, he had a, a fair amount of poise in uh, throwing the ball with pressure in his face and not looking like he was being super pressured. Then he'd rewind the play and be like, how did you miss that play that much? And Oh, it's because he had a free guy in his face. And then Baylor absolutely took Texas apart on the inside, especially when uh, young DJ Campbell went in the game. And he had a, a big problem with some basic stunts and slants where, you know, his assignment would change after the snap. Um, so, so, so what that, do they do, Ian, to, to rectify that? Is it more about those guys just getting older? Is Jake Majors big enough to be the center and kind of anchor the offensive line, or is that part of the issue as well? I think he's, he's pretty good on those because he's quick and he knows the calls and he communicates pretty well. Where I probably his weak spot is more like when you have to move a 330-pound guy in the middle, and it's just a tough job for him. It's a, literally a heavy lift. But um, those things are, you know, knowing your assignment. It's getting older. It's knowing your assignment so cleanly that you can just react automatically without having to think on the spot. You don't want to have to think on the spot when a Baylor 270-pound lineman is slanting in your responsibility. Um, you want to just be reacting. So it just takes time for young guys to get there. Communication has to get there. Like the guy who's a gap was initially being attacked needs to tell you like, hey, heads up, coming your way, you know? Um, those communication points, those uh, those quick reactions, those only come with time. And I, they will surely have been investing a tremendous amount of time this offseason getting that right out of anticipation of needing Quinn Ewers to throw the ball a lot more in the season um, and needing to be able to run the ball inside cleanly without Bijan to cover up mistakes. So the proof will be in the pudding pretty early in the year, right? Yeah. Speaking with Ian Boyd, InsideTexas.com. Uh, Ian, taking questions here from uh, the On Texas Football and Inside Texas community. Really good stuff, Ian, on Inside Texas. If you haven't read it, please go read it. Uh, I'm going to quote, and this is going to be the final question, but you posed it as the single biggest question that needs to be answered for this team. Okay? You said, veteran quarterbacks behind, a sta behind stable protection and surrounded with weapons like Texas is, can dominate games. You then said the biggest question was. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.
And you wrote that. And my question to you is this. What do you mean by that? Do you mean just simply trying to, to do the, the thing that is easy, not necessarily the thing that is hard? I mean, what, what are you talking about there? I mean, it, yes, yes, and that and more. Um, I think for a lot of college offenses, when they really function well, it's not because the quarterback can execute a lot of complicated reads. It's because he can execute very consistently on simple reads on a very high volume of designed plays. Because like Sark can sit there in the offseason all, all summer and draw up a million ways to make a pretty easy read to get the ball to Whittington or Worthy or, or Sanders or whoever. But the quarterback then has to be able to um, build like an encyclopedic knowledge of a high volume of like, okay, this is the play where all I have to do is read the leverage of this one guy and it should be, you know, bang, Whittington's going to be there or else I check down or whatever. Um, it, it's usually a veteran quarterback that has been immersed in the system and immersed in how they're attacking defenses that can handle a high volume of superficially and individually simple plays, right? Like a single play action shot may not be that complicated. If the safety goes this way, throw it this way. If he goes this way, throw it that way. But to be able to hit that play consistently might take some time. And then to be able to hit 15 plays that operate in that fashion, but aren't that play in particular is even more, you know, experience and banked reps and throws in the off season and, and seeing the same thing over and over again. Um, I think that that's why you see like um, these Ryan day quarterbacks or Stetson Bennett, or, I mean, a great example is Sark's quarterbacks at other places very, very, very good and efficient at executing like half field read offense. But they had to get to a certain level where they could handle the volume and start being like, okay, I'm going to give you this play, this play, this play, this play. Look for X, A, B, C, D, E, F, G. And if you do that, we're going to nail it. Um, sometimes like maybe coming out of high school, they can only handle A or B and not A through F, right? Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. I think I think you're, you're, what you're saying is it's basically progressing through your reads at, a, at a, a, a period of time that makes sense and doesn't get you caught holding the ball too long, uh, you know, and, and just trying to get it out. But the other thing it's that, also it's also it's like it's it's like mastering your multiplication table. Like maybe freshman Quinn could do his twos and threes, and you're like, well, your eights and nines are not that hard. Well, okay, but he had to get his twos and threes first. Next year, maybe he can get you know, all the way up the table. And then, then you're cooking with gas. Got it. Um, another question I, I, I want to follow up on, and, and this is, you know, more of that, that question that, that uh, lingers for me. Um, if you're defending Texas right now, um, how do you go about defending Texas? If you're not Rice and Wyoming per se, but if you're Texas Tech and you're coming to town, or if you're Kansas and you're coming to town and you need, you know, you need to stop Texas four or five times to, or three or four times to win that game. What are you, are you going to try to just blitz the heck out of Quinn Ewers and make them throw it? What, what, are, what are your thoughts or, or at least from the outset, what, what should we be expecting in that regard? Depending on when I got Texas in the schedule, if I was one of the earlier teams, I'd like to know if that Ewers to worthy connection is really fixed or not before I 
you know, devote a lot of attention to keeping that covered up. Um, if they, if those two guys are hitting consistently, then I'm immediately just going to, we're going to play back and we're going to make Texas prove they can run the ball without Bijan Robinson and without getting extra blockers on the field. Um, I don't want to, I don't, I wouldn't want to mess with Sanders, Whittington, Nayor, Mitchell, Worthy, running backs, running out of the backfield. I wouldn't want to try to cover all that. Uh, I think most of these teams can't if it's executed properly. So I just want to say, can we drop back, maybe move around up front, but play things pretty light in the box and make Texas prove they can run the ball the length of the field. If they can do that, you know, better have some crazy junk to throw at them. Um, and then the aforementioned, are we sure they can hit Mitchell, this new guy? Is, are we sure he's incorporated? Are we sure that uh, Ewers has really found the range on Worthy this season? But if they have, you know, on the super conservative, and if that doesn't work, then, you know, box in one, triangle in two, whatever kind of crazy stuff you can figure out to just try and throw them off. That's interesting. Um, Ian, that, that, that kind of brings me to this one. Which Big 12 team, in your opinion, has the most talent or the most, not talent, most ability, in your opinion, to play and slow down the Texas offense this year? A year ago, there were teams that did it for halves, Oklahoma State, Texas Tech, but really only one team did it for the whole game, and that was TCU. Are they still that that team that, that most concerns you? I I think that would be it. You know, Paul just wrote an article where he ranked all the, the best secondaries in the Big 12, and he had TCU number one. I am of the same mind, basically. Um, they have guys that can lock you down, play you in man coverage, and that frees them up to do all kinds of other things. If they can't do that, or if that if Texas is beyond that, you know, they're just too good at receiver and quarterback for teams to do that this year. Then, I, then the next one would be, I think, Iowa State because they excel at just playing it safe and forcing you to beat them methodically. You know, maybe Quinn has reached a point where he can consistently hurt teams and, and land big plays, but then the next thing is, okay, can you, can you beat us with a million little plays? So I, Iowa, State, Iowa State generally is just a headache for everybody. Got it. So Iowa State, can, or TCU – Texas Alabama. Well, Alabama, I said conference now. Yeah. That that's a that's a level up in talent, right? That, yeah. that then you start worrying about the one-on-one matchups that you might actually lose against good players, right? That that's a different, you know, roll of the dice, I think. All right, uh, that's Ian Boyd of insidetexas.com. Anything you want to add on this one, Ian, uh, before I let you go? If people want to shoot any other questions, I'm always looking for article ideas. I love to hear from people specifically what, you know, my mind, what my mind thinks of and what my mind thinks might be interesting to write about, not always closely connected with what the readers are wondering and thinking. So let me know. I appreciate it. And I love to uh, to give the people what they want. All right. All right. That's Ian Boyd of InsideTexas.com. Ian, thanks for your time. Uh, and uh, we'll talk to you again on the Sunday conversation. Have a good one. You bet.